It's time for the percolator. 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 Percolator. What what's that grin on your face, Sean? Well, I was just wondering if he wrote down the lyrics first and then came up with the the beat and the rhythm or the opposite. <laughs> We're starting off episode 152 of the Brian Oak Show here in the Smart Start MN Studios by a Chicago-based artist known as Curtis Allen Jones. Now, growing up, I loved disco. I loved new wave. Yeah, I liked a lot of rock and punk rock and power pop and all that stuff, but I, I didn't ever mind the repetitious nature of dance music, right, or house music. And by the time the late 80s rolled around, house music really started to grow into its own and become a thing, you know, whether we're talking about rave or clubs or whatever, and Chicago was the worldwide epicenter for experimentation and exploration and, you know, heading into new directions in what was then house music. And, of course, house would splinter into literally hundreds of subdivisions. But I was reminded the other day when somebody sampled that song, I stumbled across it somewhere on the Internet. I'm like, oh, my God, that rings a bell. It was a very faint bell because also in the late 80s, Drugs, dancing, it all went hand in hand, and some of it's a little fuzzy, to be generous. Um, But Curtis Allen Jones, who was best known as Green Velvet, but he also had multiple, you know, other aliases, one of them being Cashmere, and he did a song called Percolator back in the early 90s, and I know for a fact that I was off my face at least one or two nights, and listening to that song right there. You know, looping, sampling, in repetition, there can still be great creativity. Even Queens of the Stone Age, who I adore, they'll grab one riff and ride it for five minutes and make it fucking fantastic. And so it is possible. Now, if you're not someone who likes dance music or anything with sort of a hypnotic, repetitive beat, then that was probably like that sounded like some kind of clown stuff that my kids might listen to. It's worth it. It's worth diving in. Maybe you don't smoke weed. Cool. I don't smoke weed anymore either. But laying there in the dark with the headphones on and letting the repetition sort of almost be like a mantra. I don't know. There's just something I've always, always loved about it. It reminds me of the club. So I was down in Phoenix in the mid to late 80s and you were up here, obviously. But mm-hmm. but uh, they had these great clubs that, you know, no name little clubs where you go in and it would be phenomenal. There'd be some house DJ and you just go there for hours, and it was it was a blast. I don't even like dancing, but there was something about that style of music. You know, I had friends who were DJs, and they would do these illegal raves in oh, yeah. old foundries and warehouses, yep. you know, or I'd go to see Depth Probe with Kevin Cole in the entry on a Thursday night, and I don't like dancing. I'm not comfortable in public, but all of a sudden you looked around, you're like, nobody gives a shit. Exactly. They're in their own world, and all of a sudden you'd start to feel it, and your hips would start to move, and your shoulders would start to move, <laughs> and all of a sudden, three hours later i've been dancing for three hours and i really really loved that culture because it wasn't about showing off there was no judgment it was about the lights are dark 
crazy, crazy loud bass, like a wall of bass bins, and you just sort of lost yourself in it, and you could dance to a song like Percolator for seven minutes without ever getting bored. I don't know. There was just something magic to it, so I was happy to rediscover that song earlier this week. It is The Brian Oak Show, episode 152, made possible by Smart Start MN, and here we are in the Smart Start MN studios. Our guest today is someone who's been on the show before, but he's got new music on the way. He's got shows coming up. The world is slow opening up, much like spring here in Minnesota. Two quick things to get to before we talk to our guest today. Um, we live in one of the most beautiful spots in the country, agreed? We do. I mean, Minnesota is genius. And when I live close to the parkway here, not far from where the studio itself is, and when you watch the the trees begin to unfurl, oh. the blossoms begin to pop open, the, the tulips and the ferns begin to slowly rise out of the earth, this is one of those celebratory times of year. It's, there's almost nothing more beautiful. We live in this incredible green and blue watery space. Unfortunately, I am someone who suffers from seasonal allergies. <laughs> they were crippling when I was a child. Oh. They went away in my 20s and 30s, oh. almost non-existent. And now in my 40s and into my 50s here, they have come back with a mighty vengeance. I want you to look at my left eye right now and tell me what you see. Uh, slow death. <laughs> I, I only wish it weren't so slow. So it turns out I have conjunctivitis, a.k.a. pink eye. Now, there it comes in two varieties. One, yes, it does. It, well, one is bacterial slash viral, which is wickedly contagious. Like, I shouldn't be outside of the house. Anyone within 20 feet immediately gets pink eye and a kiss on the cheek from Brian Oak. But the other form is allergic. So I spent a lot of time yesterday researching and talking to a nurse practitioner. I, it is allergic. So I don't have any of the sort of off-color emissions or weeping as they call it oh right just gross mm, pus <laughs> oh. uh, none of that but it does look like i am either christopher lee in in scream dracula scream or one of the extras in 28 days later my eye looks terrible at work the other day they're like don't get pulled over don't get pulled over you were going to jail i'm like i'm sober and they're like yeah no it doesn't matter look at your eye no one will believe you so i'm ready i'm i'm Mega dosing antihistamines, doing the Flonase, picking up some eye drops on the way home. It's not pretty. It doesn't hurt. It's not weeping, as we discussed. Um, but it looks it looks horrific. It looks like I was in an accident. It's so weird that your right eye is just fine. Fine. Completely normal. Yeah. Yeah. But your left eye No, it looks like over. someone inserted a hot nail into it. At some point. Yeah, hot nail. Uh, you got that right. Um, lastly, um, before we get to our song that we're going to hear here, uh, you're double vaxxed. I am double vaxxed. Woohoo! Yeah. I was How do you so, feel? I feel great now, but I had a day. It actually, it was a delayed reaction. The first, like, 16 to 24 hours, I was fine. And then it felt like if you've ever tried to stay up for 24 hours in a row, that's what it felt like where I, my eyes were burning in the middle of the day, and I fell asleep for like four hours. Right. Yeah. And But, but now, okay? Yeah, I feel great. And apparently bulletproof. It's not quite yet. You will be, you, I mean, but <laughs> I get one more week. I get eight days to go, and then I, then I can do anything. I can conquer any mountain. I have my second shot in two days. Can I do it with this eye? Will I be allowed in public? Well, I don't eye? think you have to get the shot with your eye, so you'll be okay. They don't shoot it into Not your right eye directly. Not right into your eye, no. All right, fantastic. Well, congrats on the double vax. Thank you. Uh, coming up just ahead, we will be talking to one of the most creative 
understatedly creative individuals I've ever met. To meet him on a regular day, you'd be like, that dude was chill. He's cool. And then to watch him do what he does, the sorcery he conjures on stage, you'd be like, that's a fucking wizard. I, I, I like I like the dichotomy of Martin Dosh. Dosh is our guest today. He's come back because he's got new music on the way. And apparently, a summer full of hopes and dreams and Fingers crossed, live shows. We'll talk about that just ahead. Uh, I woke up this morning and I had about eight songs I wanted to start the show with, but then I read from a friend and someone who I deeply respect, Ken Stringfellow. Uh, he's played with so many bands, but most noteworthy, The Posies, a power pop band out of Seattle. Mm. From They started in the late 80s, really sort of made their name in the early 90s, and continue to perform to this day. But in the early 1990s, 1993, there was a record that came out called Frosting on the Beater that mm. I love so freaking much. I think it's perfect all the way through. John Auer, you know, ostensibly the front man of the band, but Ken Stringfellow also sang a bunch and wrote some songs, and he happened to write this one right here. I love this band so much, and this particular record, which you've never spent any time with Frosting on the Beater, it's in my top 10 90s albums. This song is called Solar Sister, so here's the posies on The Brian Oak Show.
28 years ago today, that record came out. The Posies, oof. I mean, good, right? I mean, like rock and roll, like, oh, but also power pop, like cheap trick quality power pop, as good as American rock and roll, in my humble opinion, if you're looking for power pop, as good as it gets. Now I need to listen to that whole album. The, I mean, it's got, it's got all, the, it's got the, the, the big hits on it were outside of that. There are three or four songs that, well, and hits being a very yeah. relative yeah. term, but I'm, that record's so good all the way through. And when I saw Ken Stringfellow post that it turns 28 today, it humbled me, but also kind of blew my mind. It is the Brian Oak Show, episode 152, made possible by Smart Start MN. Smart Start MN is Minnesota's original ignition interlock company and the naming sponsor of the Brian Oak Show, before we even got off the ground, how have they stuck with us for 152 episodes? It's crazy. It is. I mean, it's ridiculous, right? Like, who would stay with us? But Ed and Mike, they're great guys, and they do important work. Smart Start is Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. They are the ones that worked with the state, worked with the legislature, to be able to find a way to get you back into your vehicle should you have lost your driving privileges. Let's remember there are rights and there are privileges. Not everyone's allowed to drive. You have to pass certain tests and then you have to maintain certain standards. I would kind of like it if they would take away your license for not using your fucking turn signal or (laughs) driving 52 miles an hour in the left lane. That's not the way it works. But if you drink and drive, you will lose your license the end. But you can get it back with the help of our friends at Smart Start MN. Yeah, and if you want a deal on it, you go to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show. We'll give you 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock. Worth noting because people are going back out. They are going back to shows. They are going back out to see people and do things. Is it where it once was? By no means. But will people continue to still make mistakes when they go out? Of course they will. So keep smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show in your back pocket. Speaking of getting back into music, getting back out there, staying creative, and thank God, Sean and I being gigantic music fans, being able to get back out and see music at some point, it's happening slowly. It's unfurling slowly. And I, I think that's the right way to do it. Even if you are vaccinated, they're now saying it's not a supply problem. It's a demand problem. People are starting to say, I'm not getting vaccinated. Oh, there's a lot of people that that it will be the issue. Nerds, um, get the jab. It, yes. it doesn't hurt. And you know what? There aren't, I know it's very popular, there aren't nanobots. There are no microchips. You are not going to be part of the 5G network. Or are you? Martin Dosh, hello. How are you? I'm good, Brian. How are you, man? I'm good. It's good to see you. Thanks for agreeing to come in. I know that it's always an unknown quantity when you come onto this show exactly what's going to be happening. I just... You just never know. You do know. you... Uh, where, where, where are you at? Where are you at on the jab spectrum? Have you been poked? Uh, I got the jab yesterday over at the state fairgrounds. Um, number one, number two. Number one. JJ? So, or what did you go with? That was the Pfizer. Pfizer? So, yep. Team Pfizer, same here. Uh, and how did you feel? Did you feel anything afterwards? I, to this morning when I woke up, I felt a little bit out of it, but um, yeah, I feel fine. Yeah, I, I felt the same way after that. After number two, you know what? I'm actually feeling fairly confident about it. Almost everyone I know that had any really severe after effects went Moderna. Well, and you don't really get to choose, right? You go where they're giving you the jab. 
that one seems to have the strongest after effects. I had know a couple people who got Johnson and Johnson didn't feel anything. So, and there's probably nothing to that. I shouldn't be adding to that false narrative. I should really keep my mouth shut. But as you know, it's hard for me to do. I reached out to you to have you on the show because I saw that you were working on new music and that you had a stream coming up later on this week um, and that you're going to be getting back out there. So we talked about this a little bit the last time you were in creativity during pandemic, you know, people... I think so many people assume, like anybody creative, oh, man, we're all locked down. We're all stuck at home. Never have you had more free time to explore the space. Never has there been a more a more fertile playground for the creative to, to spend all the time devoting to it. Has it been like that for you? Like that for you? I mean, I would say for the probably for the first, uh, you know, like when the lockdown happened last March, probably up until August or so, like, it was definitely pretty fertile as far as like just being like, well, I can't get, can't do anything. So I got myself a webcam and figured out how to like do a live streams and just started doing these like live shows every night. Uh, Southside Dispatch Radio, which is me sort of trying to like, you know, get in your game and like, you know, like be calling my friends on the radio and on, on the phone and talking to them and then playing some improvs and stuff like that. So that was really great. And uh, I did a really good job of like documenting all of it. So I have like basically... 50 shows of, of uh, like, one-hour-long improvs of me in my basement. See, and it's and, weird, because, like, when you first start, you're like, oh, this is a weird new thing, and suddenly you have 50 shows in the can, man. That's wild. Where would people go to find those? Um, I, I haven't... Part of the problem is, like, my neighborhood, the Internet's not that great, which I was telling you about earlier. Right. Um, so, but they're all uploaded on my Instagram page. Um, you can scroll back and check out any one of them. But, like, you know, like, I will incorporate like uh historic speeches and stuff like that so like when john lewis died um i curated a about five of his speeches and uh basically did a soundtrack to them and then ruth Bader ginsburg died did the same kind of thing and other uh speakers and you know uh poets did one of james baldwin so are you talking about doing like stuff like soma fm does where like they're they're basically broadcasting the actual live transmission from the space station but then there's all this cool improvisational yeah. sort of weird stuff underneath, and that's yeah. what, that's what you're doing to those. Yeah, so it's basically just I'll, I'll, I'll cue something up on YouTube on my phone, like a speech, like a, a YouTube speech of say John Lewis or Jesse Jackson or whatever, right. and then as I'm listening to it, just I have my drums and my keyboards and my wow. samplers, and I can just like cut and chop it like in real time. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of really really cool stuff on there, but it, it's it it is kind of daunting to like go into it because it's like it, it literally is like 50 hours of stuff, which is fine. <laughs> I mean, so here's the thing for people who may not be familiar with the name Dosh, Martin Dosh is your your real name, but Dosh is what you are known as. You've worked with so many people. I can think of your work with Late Duster, Fog, Cloak Ox, um, Andrew Bird, obviously, you've worked with yeah. a ton. And these are these are good names. These are big names. And you are a valuable contribution there. But if I'm honest, you know, for me personally, and let's be honest, when you're a music fan, you have the right to be selfish. Yeah. I have the yeah. right to decide what I'm going to spend life's few precious minutes listening to. I've only seen you live probably three or four times on your own. And to me, despite all the other incredible people you've worked with, if I'm going to go see Dosh, I want to watch you solo because what you do as a solo artist 
you know, there are a lot of people who have gotten into the looping game, right? You know, and looping's been around for a very long time. There are people who did it before you did it. There will be many, many more people who do it because we live in this era of there's never, it's never been more available for people to create music, right? But just like a podcast, just because you are able to do it doesn't mean that it's a, an amazing destination, right? I mean, there are literally more than a half million podcasts out there. I've tried to dig around some that I've never heard of before. I'm like, like, let's just, let's pull the wheel, let's play the thing and see what happens. And there's a lot of terrible stuff out there. So just because there's a lot of people who loop out there doesn't mean they're freaking dosh. Watching you live, when I talk about sorcery, maybe people think that's hyperbolic, like I'm overstating the case. And you do a thing that you create. And I remember the last time we talked and, and we were talking in this very room and I'm like, you know, do you know exactly what you're going to do? And you're like, I've got an idea. It's roughed out. There's a skeleton. Yep. But exactly? No. And it's never the same thing twice. That's the magic, man. That To me, that's that's the sorcery. But there's enough skill and a talent and, and there's enough of a skeleton. I guess it's kind of like jazz, right? I mean... You know, you have charts, but that doesn't ever dictate exactly what you're going to be hearing. And to me, that's my favorite part about watching what you do. So when you do 50 hours of this stuff, I mean, do you ever surprise yourself anymore? Do you ever surprise yourself with like, that's, holy crap, that was amazing. That That's that's kind of like, the, that's what I'm trying to do. So that that's like the end goal is to basically blow my own mind. And like, it doesn't happen that often, you know, but like... You know, in the last few months, I've sort of gone back to some of the older stuff I've done and, like, just listened through a couple of them and trying to isolate, like, these, like, little, like, you know, TikTok, or not TikTok, but, like, like little under-a-minute versions or breaks. Because, like, I'm always, like, into, like, what a break is, like, the almond break and, like, hip-hop and sampling. And, like, you want to have that perfect little tiny, like, four-bar chunk and, like, now, not everybody knows what that is. I don't want to interrupt oh, yeah. your train of thought right there. But we talk about a break. You know, when you go back to sampling, I work at a record store, right? Yeah. And so I got I got some relatively well-known local DJs or producers who are coming in all the time. They're digging around in the jazz section. They're digging around in the new arrival section. And they're always looking for that perfect break. Just for edification purposes, what is a break? I mean, I would consider it to just be like a drum break. So like, just it's just basically like a drum sample. So, like, if you think about James Brown's Funky Drummer by Clyde Stubblefield, like, the, that's all it is right there. Right. So, that's two bars. Um, but you can take that and create an entire genre, like we were talking about House earlier, like, um, like the Almond Break, which is, like, this old, I can't remember the name of the band that, that, that played the Almond Break, but, um, <laughs> like, that basically is, like, the entire basis for drum and bass, the genre. Right. Is that one and sampling and break. producing <laughs> yeah. and frankly house music. It's, I mean like it's like funky drummer, but it's like, you know. But I mean so you I mean doing what you do and I'll let you get back to your thought, but I mean like when I played a, a song that's a very repetitive song, house music I mean, house music has to have had some influence on your life at some point, right? I mean, I know it's repetitive and I know disco and house are a different thing than what you do. But I mean, they're all they're based on beats and rhythm, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think that it's sort of like it probably influenced me like sort of through like different layers of of like filters of of musicians. So I, I never actually like had a period where I like listened to house music a lot. Um, I had a project with my buddy John called Def Kith, and uh, we basically did like 
you know, kind of like electro house kind of stuff um, back in like 2016 to 2014 to 2016. And that, that stuff's really cool. But John's way more knowledgeable about like the history of house and all that stuff. Right. But um, I think I was sort of more influenced by the way that it trickled down into pop music like in the 80s. And so, yeah, I, I never was much of like a raver, didn't didn't really go to clubs, but like the stuff that like percolates into everything. You know? I can get you some glow sticks. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> so, I mean, look, so when you play live, you're trying to, as you said, and I, I'm sorry I interrupted you and derailed you there, but you're uh-huh. you're trying to find that perfect break and... I just, I always, I, I live in awe of musicians and creators because I get to have, you know, this front row seat for so much of it and I get to pick their brains, but it's not the same thing. Now, as a music fan, I can sit there and tell when somebody's in the zone, when the game is slowed down, it's coming to them. Yep. But for, as a performer, like when you hit that perfect rhythm, does the game slow down? Does it come to you? Do you ever enter these weird spaces that I guess athletes or other creatives talk about where, all of a sudden, you feel like you have a full understanding. The world has slowed down. I got this. Oh, for sure. And it, I mean, it, but that's like you were talking about earlier too. Like, it's so hard to to, to conjure that without a crowd. Yeah. Without playing a live show and then being in front of people and doing that. So you can but feel the sh- feedback off the audience, like when Absol- you when 100%. you know you've hit it, and all of a sudden, like. Is it, a, is it a quietude? Is it an intensity? Is it a it's screaming just, back? What is it? It's just like a knowledge. It's just oh. like, it's just like you, just, you just know it. And I mean, it doesn't happen very often, like I <laughs> said. But um, yeah, I, I did a show in, uh, in Belgium, like in 2000, it must have been 2006 or something like that. It was a festival show, which I haven't done very many of solo. But it was just this you know, huge PA, like an indoor tent, maybe like 3,000 people. Nobody really knew who I was, and it was so loud and just so like I don't know. It just you, you just feel like uh, like Superman or something. Or you like got him, Wonder Woman, or like you brought him. What you did? The, I mean, everyone got what they came for, right? You got to be the star, and and again, you know what I mean. I'm not trying yeah, to no, talk I'm, about I'm that, but you got to be the source, the the focal point, the the zero point, and they all got to experience the magic. And everybody fed off it, and everybody felt good for having shared that moment. It's kind of cool they didn't know who you were right? because Love they it. got to have that, oh, wow. One of my favorite things is is when I go to see a headliner, and there's a band I've never heard of that's playing ahead of time, and I have that, holy shit, do I need to listen to their stuff. So having that moment where they connect with you, and they're looking at you, and they stop what they're doing, that's got to be phenomenal. Yeah, it was it was insane, and that that whole stage that day was just crazy. It was like the, I can't remember the order of the bands, but it was like um, Animal Collective um, played, and like uh, Bell Orchestra, which was like the Ar- Arcade Fire people, mm. and then uh, the last band was Twenty One Pilots, who are, yeah. are now this like hugely famous rock band, incredibly successful, yeah. like platinum but, selling. But that was the that was the show that was like their first breakout show, and like they were the last band on that stage that day, and that. And they were great. I mean, it was like the guitar player totally freaked out at the end, and like it was, it was like, wow, those are great days. I, I, right? I don't like listen to them, but you know, no, <laughs> no, like, I understand like, seeing them live at that on that tiny stage. Those are like, great insane. days, though, when you go in with no expectations or not quite knowing and end up having a fantastic time. I don't know if there's anything better. I want to talk about you because you have some upcoming shows and some music coming out. 
Let's hear some, shall we? We've been talking for a long time. Sure. I would love yeah. to hear some music by Dosh. What are we going to hear? Um, I think this first one is uh, If You Strike Me Down, um, which I actually just filmed. Uh, um, or uh, I didn't film it myself, but uh, we made a video for it, uh, which is on YouTube. You can find it. It's uh, If You Strike Me Down. Is you, that a Ben Kenobi quote right there? It is. If You Strike Me Down, I should shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. So, but in the, the quote is basically from this piece of uh, street art that was like, done by George Floyd Square after George Floyd mm-hmm. last year. And someone had done three stencil silk screens of George Floyd in the Obi-Wan, uh, whatever, shroud. And it said, you know, one, first one was like, if you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. And it was up on the laundromat window. And, and um, I don't know what happened to it, but it was, it was really powerful.
gosh, if you strike me down. Uh, the Smart Start MN Studio, where we record the Brian Oak Show podcast, is a mere 10 blocks south of the location of the, well, now convicted, brutal murder of George Floyd. And the memorial that popped up there was more than inspirational. It was important. It was a flashpoint. It was literally a focal point for racial disparity worldwide, as we saw unfold last summer. And I think a lot of people in this town thought that maybe we were going to see more of that again last week. We were on the precipice of... Is the right thing going to happen, or are we going to watch our city burn? That song right there, Martin, uh, you said it was intended as a funeral march for George Floyd. Yeah. Or at least exhibited some of that. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of just how it felt. I mean, I, you know, it's being so close to the square and, like, going down there so much in the first, you know, three or four months after the murder happened. Um, And just try to, you know, because it's like, I, you know, obviously I'm a white dude, so... It's just, uh, just trying to, I don't know, just trying to contribute in some way and um, just pay tribute to the dude, you know? Yeah, well, who we lost, and I mean, justice was served, but for anybody who felt like that was going to expunge your white guilt or that no. <laughs> that institutional racism was instantly going to evaporate and everything was fine now, it couldn't be worse. I turned on CNN this morning and saw the situation in North Carolina. Uh, it's, it just, it's every damn day. And something has to change. Something has to happen. Uh, tell me the name of your new record. Uh, the new one's uh, it's called Tomorrow 1972. And it's available when? Uh, it's coming out on May 30th uh, digitally via Max Min Music um, and uh, streaming platforms and stuff like that. And then I should have, you know, you can pre-order the vinyl and the vinyl should be done by probably September. All right. We'll talk more about that just ahead. First, though, we need to check in with Sean Bernard. Sean Bernard is a friend of mine. Uh, Sean Bernard's my ally, my business partner, producer of this show. He also happens to be a realtor for Edina Realty, 50th and France location, which means it's springtime and it's go time. It is go time. You know, it's kind of a weird time, too, because people are... A little hesitant, I think, to put their house in the market right now, but... Because they don't want to live in a box, because there aren't any other houses to buy. Uh, well, but it's, you know, it's part of it is the media right now, is the media <sighs> saying, there's no there's no listings, there's no listings. No well, inventory. So you, I'm part of the problem. Well, seriously, part of the deal right now is everybody's panicking because there's no inventory. Well, it depends on what your situation in your life is. The, the rates are also at historic lows right now. Well, not only that, but it, it, given how low inventory is, if someone offers you cash 40 grand over what you're asking you can stay at homewood suites for a while (laughs) or rent for a little bit or whatever you need to do i mean that's honestly that's what we're doing we sold when the market was high we're renting right now and then we're gonna buy uh relatively soon you know i we're just we're not totally agreeing on our next step like i don't ever need to mow a lawn (laughs) or (laughs) shovel snow ever again i did that for 30 plus years but then don't you have to pay those fees the the association i'm gladly pay that to have somebody else take care of all the bullshit i see uh, i see uh, one of the cool things i'm doing this year uh is giving away a portion of my sale to a local artist and so uh my latest clients liz and phelan they donated a portion comes you know it's their gift but it comes from my commission but annie mack i uh, got a donation uh from liz and phelan uh so I'm, I'm donating a portion of every sale to either on the buy side or the sell side if you know somebody that's in the market if they want to list if they want to buy if they want to do both 612-859-2594 
Yeah, well, uh, and good luck with that. But also Homewood Suites, not a terrible option. Right? I love Homewood Suites. Or I, I made that up. I don't even know if there's a place <laughs> called that. <laughs> Sounds Dosh, good. Am, do we know each other well enough that I can simply call you Martin, or do you prefer Dosh? Oh, uh, Martin is fine. I didn't. I didn't get a rider or anything. I no. wasn't told. <laughs> at no point do Where's you. Where's my M and M's, man? At no point do you look at Mr. Dosh directly <laughs> in the eyes. So you got a new record on the way called Tomorrow, 1972. It's available at the end of next month, May 30th. Vinyl coming a little later on after that. You are getting back on the road. We'll talk about that shortly. But let's talk about this record because you said specifically this was intentionally a different record for you. How is this record different than what you've done in the past? Um, I think it's different just because I didn't do as much um, editing and uh, tweaking of uh, moving samples around and moving. Um, it's kind of hard to explain, but um, I'm not, not even sure if I talked to you about this last time, but I just got so burned out on staring at wave files on my computer that <laughs> like, I just wanted to, to do it in such a way that um, I really wouldn't have to do that as much like, like hang a mic in the middle of the room and just do like a live yeah porch exactly session? exactly like so like so like, so like the horn stuff on the record i thought i was going to be like you know having mike and and, and uh, chris and jake record in my backyard you know, live over the songs like one take two takes whatever that's it and then i'll go back in and find like the really sweet little horn line that's perfect and then i'll chop it up and sample it but what I wound up doing was just keeping all six of the, the the takes and layering them all on top of each other, and they just like worked out perfectly. And so that's kind of how the whole record just kind of went. So it, it was more just the other people's contributions that were just seemed so perfect with what was happening that um, I didn't really have that much need to like manipulate stuff too much. So it's it is very repetitive. It's very like Terry Reichy or you know Terry Riley, um, Steve Reich kind of stuff uh in some ways but it's also really expansive in that there's people improvising like six different improvised lines like over the repetitive parts so it it it's static but it's also really moves quite a bit too isn't that jazz though i mean like i, I guess I'm, it is I'm, kind I'm of so, jazz yeah. i'm so ignorant about i mean and again i'm not it saying it sounds jazz. like a jazz record but in terms of philosophy that's sort of what jazz is, right? I mean, you've got that that baseline, you've got the skeleton, you've got the chart, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But then, when people start to explore the space around that, and from from my extremely and admittedly ignorant perspective on what jazz stands for and what jazz can be, that's always been my understanding, is that there is a baseline, but then people are allowed to explore the space, depending on the nature of what you're doing. Right, like the tune we just heard, like the, that tune, for example, like um, the basic structure of that tune is the the drum sample that i'd played in my basement mm -hmm. and that's just like a four bar thing so that repeats over and over and over again there's two different ones of them that go on but then um jt bates and joey phillips both played live drums over that and they're panned on either side of the of the track so there's like live drum live drum either side and then my samples are up the middle and so their interpretation of what they're doing totally changes throughout the whole song so it kind of tricks you into thinking it's not this like totally static thing that's happening the, the entire time. So you know? another thing that fascinates me about you, in addition to your ability to to do what you do live and just sort of like let's see what happens. Perhaps we conjure an ancient demon. Perhaps we create a a palace of pure crystal. Who knows what we're gonna, what's going to happen? I love that so much. It's one of my favorite things. But then when it comes to recording, then. 
a lot of people are like, no, we've written these songs. We know what these songs sound like. This is the deal right here. And they may let people explore the space a little bit. You're going in with these incredibly creative and talented types, right? And now on this record, you're bringing in horns. You're bringing in more players than maybe you've ever brought in before. How is it possible to know when you're done? Even once the recording's over, someone like you who likes to edit, who likes to sample, who likes to manipulate, how is it even possible amidst this miasma, this this chaotic cloud? (laughs) How is it possible you know you're like, oh, there's the song? I think you got to (laughs) have, I mean, that's that's a great question. I mean, it, uh, you basically just have to have a deadline. So that's a great answer. You need someone to be like, "Yo, man, yo, yo, we need the record by this date. Get it done by this date." And then it just is what it is, you know. Because I mean, I, I could honestly like work on this stuff forever. <laughs> that is one of the best things I've heard in my adult life. Amidst this unbelievable and brilliant creative chaos, long as someone's got a form in front of you, it's like this needs to be turned in on this date. Do it, mother bleeper. Let's Take it get in it for done. a landing yes, top gun. <laughs> <laughs> yes, man. Oh, Martin Dosh has a new record on the way, and uh, I'm excited to hear another song. Can we hear another song? Yeah. Uh, this one is called, uh, which, uh, no, this one's uh, Tomorrow is in the Bones. So this is uh, uh, my buddy uh, uh, Brandon Best, who may be known to people of the hip-hop nature as the pedestrian from Anticon, or pedestrian from Anticon, um, not the, but uh, he goes by JB Best, Brandon Best. Um, he wrote these lyrics um, for our friend uh, Bren Whitney, who passed away a few years ago. And um, he was going to read them at his memorial, but did not. And then um, he sent them. He was actually one of the guys who helped me do the Southside, Southside Dispatch radio stuff and helped me curate some of the poetry that was on there. Um, and he actually came up with the album title, too. Uh, Tomorrow 1972 is his idea uh, for a title. So he's sort of like the executive producer of the record. But um, he's uh, reciting this poem he wrote for his friend Bren, uh, who passed away. And it's about their... But it's just about their life together and founding Anticon and um Yeah. Tomorrow is in the bones for Brendan Whitney.
tenderness towards all things. Over time, you became imbued. Dosh right there from the forthcoming release tomorrow, 1972. Tomorrow is in the bones. The previous song we heard off the forthcoming release, uh, If You Strike Me Down, had I, I forgot to mention it coming out of that because we got caught up talking about the essence of what's been going on here in the Twin Cities, had some pretty incredible puppetry. Growing up, I've always been a fan <laughs> of both animation and puppetry. How did puppetry find its way into the video for If You Strike Me Down? Um, well, basically, like I have a really good friend of mine, uh, Bart Book, who's uh, who's the director, 
he basically worked at Heart of the Beast for 20 years and did the May Day Parade. Cool. And um, um, he got let go a while ago, but um, he's we've collaborated on different shows. We've done shows in New York and and um, and here, public puppet shows. Like I've done music for them, and so I've just known him really well. He lives in Powderhorn and Phillips, um, and I just asked him, "Hey, this video needs puppets. Can you do something?" <laughs> and so him and his partner Seth did the, did the puppetry and filmed it. You know, it's fantastic, and people can find that on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, it's on YouTube. All right, very good. Um, you have a new album on the way called Tomorrow 1972. It's coming out on May 30th, the night before you were doing an album release show at Ice House. Tell me about the show. Uh, it's going to be bonkers, um, and I think that the tickets are going to fly off the shelf because they're going to sell probably 80 of them. Uh, but the uh, the lineup is basically me playing um, with a band and um, maybe a couple solo things too. And then uh, Alpha Consumer is going to play with uh, Julius Collins singing, and I'm not sure if they're going to do like Hendrix covers or what they're going to do, but it's going to be awesome. Well, and people should remember, if you're tuning in just to hear Dosh (laughs) today on this episode, our most recent episode featured Julius Collins. I had no idea. That's awesome. Yeah, Julius is the best. Mm. And then um, the other band is uh, Golden Balls, which is the band I play drums in with me and uh, two of the guys from Detroit. Mark Erickson and Jeff Ham. Detroit, as in dude drives a chick car. Yeah, yeah. really. Yeah, so right that, on. That, yeah, you got to check out that band, Brian. You, you'd like it a lot. <laughs> Golden Balls. Golden Balls. Yeah, it's 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 like the old game show. It's like the the, it's one of the it's a it's an old it's, it's golden with it's G O U L D E N. Oh, so Golden Balls. Um, it. It, it was a game like a sort of like a Price is Right kind of thing. Okay, whatever. But uh, yeah, Mark's just a weirdo. And then uh, DJ Stage One is going to be spinning uh, before and between and after the bands too. So that's going to be great because he's like pretty much the best DJ in the Twin Cities. Are you excited? I'm thrilled. Yeah. It's going to be nice, right? You're going to have your second shot by then. Many people are. What? I'm going to be totally, totally healthy. Okay. <laughs> well, let's not let's not raise the bar too high. All except, right, for my, except for my conjunctivitis that I just got from me. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Sorry about giving you pink eye, bro. Uh, Martin Dosh is our guest and has been our guest. New album on the way called Tomorrow 1972. It'll be out in just over one month. If people want the number one ground zero resource for all things Dosh, where's the place they should go? Um, I would say go to the Bandcamp page, which is just Dosh. You can search Dosh Bandcamp, but it's dosh.bandcamp.com. All right. Uh, Well, good luck with all of it, and thank you again for coming in. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Brian. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, man. All right. We'll talk to you again soon, and good luck with everything this spring. More and more musicians who come through, we're going to see them out there. And if you are one of those musicians or TED Talkers or whoever, get a hold of our friends over at AudioQuip. AudioQuip is the place that has outfitted our entire studio with all this nice gear, pro-level gear. They've somehow survived the pandemic with panache if you will uh and they're really really good nate and his entire crew over there audioquip.com there's a few audio quips out there which i found out digging yes. around on the internet by yeah. the way don't be fooled by imitators make sure you look for audio quip here in minnesota and nate and his crew they will take care of you thanks again to all of our patreon supporters sean thank you and good luck to everything that you have going on right now which thank i know you. is plentiful yep thank you yeah no problem hey let's leave with this right here you know when i first woke up with the conjunctivitis I'm fine. I'm not in any pain. I'm not in any discomfort. But God damn it, allergies. Mother Nature, do you think I don't get the irony of my last name being Oak and you making me so wildly allergic to tree <laughs> pollen? Do you think it's funny? Let's go ahead and wrap things up with the Paris Sisters. Thanks for listening to The Brian Oak Show.
Help me! 